Well, good morning. I can't believe Kent said that about me. I mean, it's clear to look at him and look at me that he's a lot older, isn't it? And, uh, you know, it, I mean, to use the pulpit like that, he should just sing, right? Amen? I can't get that, huh? Hey, we're going to be talking, we're starting a brand new series today, and it's entitled Strapped. And we're going to be talking kind of about an attitude. And uh, as we move through uh, today's message, uh, you're going to be asked to make a choice. And the attitude or the spirit behind that choice will be a determining factor in my estimation as to whether or not you live a successful, happy life. Uh, It's very easy to become a slave to things, isn't it? And I hope today that I'll be able to show you in the Scripture how to avoid being a slave to the wrong things. Uh, We're going to talk about how easy it is to get strapped, how easy it is to kind of become uh, in over your head financially, how easy it is to get where you can't uh, do the things that you'd really like to do in life because of choices that you made leading up to wherever you may be today. I want to read a passage of Scripture that's going to kind of be foundational for this whole series. You'll hear it time and time again. And it simply says this, and it's found in Proverbs 22. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the to the lender. Well, here's the deal with money. Uh, How many, well, let's just say it this way. How many of you would like to have a little more than you have? Come on, let's be honest. I want to see more hands. Dave Ramsey even said this. Hold them right here because we're going to go up again in a minute. Right here. Dave Ramsey said money's fun if you got some. Right? I agree with that. I'd like to have a little more money, wouldn't you? Let's see now. The rest of you, I guess, are all set. Maybe, you know, this is church. And if if somebody came up to you outside today and said, here's a little more money, I dare say that 99.9% of you would do that, right? Uh, The problem with having money is uh, there's never enough. No matter how little you have or how much you have, uh, you could always use more. And when you have the kind of mindset where, where you're serving money, uh, it's very, very easy to become greedy, very, very easy to get your priorities uh, uh, messed up, very, very easy to begin to focus on things that are temporary that don't last, over against things that are eternal. And so God constantly calls us to decision, doesn't he? God says, here's this path and that path, this road, that road, this choice over against that choice. And and kind of the crux of this series, and certainly today's message, is you're going to be asked to make a choice as to which way you want your life to go. Uh, What's going to be most important in your life. And it all sort of hinges on money, 
flash material things, the, the things that money can buy. So here's another question. How many of you have done something stupid with money? Wow, I wish some of you are perfect. Here's what I want you to do. Take, take just a second or two and turn to your neighbor and tell them something stupid that you've spent money on. All right, real quick. Something stupid you've spent money on. Some of you have spent a lot of money, I can tell by the murmur. I've done this and 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 this. this. If you've ever ordered anything off TV, you probably fit into this category, right? I, uh, I, I get to go to the Bengals game today if I finish preaching in time, by the way. And my stupid purchase has to do with the Bengals. Just buying a ticket's questionable, right? But about 15 years ago, I think it was, I, I was 20, 21, somewhere in there. And uh, so I, I really wasn't wise yet. And I bought an Achilles Smith jersey. Remember Achilles Smith? No, that's why. So I was a stupid purchase. Plus, I bought it in size medium, and that's gone by the wayside, too. Well, we've all done stupid things with money. We've all spent money that we didn't have. We've all borrowed money to buy things. And, you know, it's just mistakes are really easy to make in the area of money. But what happens when you begin to compound those mistakes, when you move from one mistake to the next, to the next, to the next, the Bible says that you become a slave to money, a servant to money. And you see a quick definition of what a servant means. Uh, The word that sticks out there to me in that sentence and that definition is the word bondage. I want you to just stop and think about your financial situation for a minute. Uh, We don't have time for you to lean to your neighbor and tell them about that, but I want you to think about it. And I want you to see if that definition doesn't hit home with you. That you find yourself being a slave or in bondage to your financial condition. I would submit to you that uh, if you have ever bought something you didn't want or need, let's say need, you didn't need, with money you didn't have to impress people you didn't like, that you might be a slave to your financial situation. I like that, don't you? You bought something you didn't need with money you didn't have to impress somebody you didn't like, or even somebody you liked, really. Then you might be a slave financial situation. Now, there are some of you who are already, as we enter into this sermon, patting yourself on the back because you say, you know, preacher, I, I, that's not me. I don't go out and waste money. I'm a saver. I wouldn't buy anything stupid. Uh, I wouldn't have bought an Achilles Smith jersey. You know, you you coupon. You look for a way. I mean, you're into it. I would also say to you 
if you have become a hoarder. Now, there's a difference between being a saver and a hoarder. Here's kind of my definition for a hoarder. Somebody who rakes it all in, puts it in a pile, and sets on the pile, right? And, and you're one of those kind of people who, who, you know, you used to open your safe every day and just feel really good about your money. Now you go online, and you look at all of your accounts, and you're excited, and, and, and you feel secure And if you didn't have that much money and you weren't in the business of trying to make more, you wouldn't feel good about yourself. You wouldn't feel secure about yourself. And maybe you're a slave to your money because you're not using that money to further the kingdom of God. You're not using that money uh, to make a difference for good in the world. You're using that money to feel good about yourself. Maybe you're working in a job that you hate. Uh, Maybe you've compromised your family by working too hard. Your kids have grown up and you haven't been there. It might be that you're a slave to money. Here's what the Bible says. It's in Matthew chapter 6. No one can serve two masters. It's true, isn't it? No one can serve two masters, for either he will, have, he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's a good word, isn't it? Mammon. You cannot serve God and desire the things of the world. The Bible says you'll become a slave to something. Let me give you some statistics that I think are, to me, frightening. In our culture today, in America, these are the things that define us financially. The first is this. For your average household income, What you'll make this year, what you'll bring in this year, you owe 136% of that already this year. In other words, if you have a good year, you're going to be 36% behind. People in our culture all across America owe more, have to pay out more than they're bringing in. Number two, if you have a credit card balance, If you have a credit card balance, the average debt on credit card per person is $14,517. That's a lot of money. Amen? That's a lot of money to me. The average 21-year-old, who's here today 21, you owe, by the way, if you're average, $12,000. But here's the bad news. By age 28, who's here 28? By age 28, you owe 78,000. You know, that's a big jump, isn't it? The average number of U.S. households that live paycheck to paycheck is 55%. Some say as much as 61%. 
that if you didn't get paid this week, you'd be in big trouble. Big trouble. Yeah, you might be getting paid and be in trouble too. Good point. So, are you a slave to your finances? Have you ever said, you know what, if, if I had the money, I could get out of the bondage of student loans and I could pay them off and I could really start to live. Or maybe you've said, maybe saying now, you know, I have a beautiful girlfriend and I'd love to marry her, but we just don't have the money to get married. Or maybe you found the money to marry her, and you're thinking, if I just had the money, we could start a family. If, if we just had a f- the money, we could add another child or adopt another child. If I, if I just had the money, uh, I, I could quit this job and find something that I know I'm supposed to be doing. If I just had the money, I could retire. If I just had the money, I could do something important for God. I could go on a mission trip, or I could be gracious and generous and give this away and bless someone who's in need if I just had the money. If I just had the money, I could follow the calling that God has on my life. If you're saying, if I just had, if I could just find the money, then you might be a slave. your finances. You see, unfortunately, as we look at these statistics and as we consider where we are financially in life, the fact of the matter is that in our culture, in Burlington, Kentucky, in Burlington Baptist Church, strapped is normal. Not having what we wish we had to do the things that we wished we could do. It's normal to have a big mortgage. It's normal to have car payments. It's normal to have student loans. It's, It's normal to owe and to owe and to owe on credit cards. It's normal to be in bondage to our finances. But I believe that God calls us to be something other than normal, don't you? I mean, look around the room. You see any normal people? God calls us to be something other than normal. God calls us to be a step above. God calls us into a different way of life, and I believe that way of life may center more not only on the spiritual but on the financial as well. God calls us to be weird, to be different, to be better. I want you to look at at the passage of Scripture that sort of speak to this. We already read the one about choosing. And the Bible says this very clearly. You are going to be tempted to serve money. You're going to be tempted to serve money. Uh, It's a mistake for me to go to the mall. Because practically every temptation that is known to man can be found in the mall, right? Amen? I mean, I'm walking down through the mall, and I look over there at one of those mannequins, and I say to myself, man, I'd look good in that suit that's hanging on that guy. Man, if I just had that pretty shirt, I'd look really good. You know, I could dress up, and the people at Burlington would ooh and ah for me just because I had that. And before I know it, I've bought something I didn't need, haven't you? 
You ever gone to the mall and came out with more packages than you can carry and your Macy's card on fire? (laughs) And if you don't get tempted by the things that you can buy, then they've got all of those really good things. My favorite thing in the mall, God as my witness, I confess this before him and you, are Annie Ann's pretzels. Oh, glory. You know, they, they sugar them up, and they put cinnamon on there, and they put fans back in the back of their little cubbyhole place, and they woof that smell right out there into the mall. You cannot walk by there and, and, and not be lured in. It could go on and on and on. But we, in our culture, in our society, have begun to think more and more about how we can spend our money, what we can buy. And and we're in the process of literally destroying our lives and our credit to boot because we don't know how to say no. We think we deserve what we see. We think we deserve what we want. And it never enters our mind that when we make those choices, we're serving mammon, money, and the things that money can buy rather than the things of God. And I believe from the bottom of my heart today that many, many, many of us have gotten ourselves in situations because we ignored this particular passage of Scripture. Matter of fact, if you determine to serve money over God, you've ignored the Bible. Did you know that one in ten verses in the Gospels, one out of every ten verses in the Gospels, talk about money and using it wisely? If you read the parables of Jesus, his stories that he used to teach about things that were critical, two-thirds, I can't get that many fingers up, two-thirds of those parables relate directly to money and the things that money can buy. There are 2,300 verses in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, that speak to money and the things money can buy. That's five times more than there are verses about prayer. Five times more than there are verses about faith. God wants you to choose wisely. God understood that you couldn't be the person he desires you to be. You couldn't be in fellowship with him if you're serving the wrong master. It's kind of interesting, too, that that he chooses that verbiage when he speaks. Jesus could have said, you've got to choose between God and the world. He could have said you've got to choose between God and yourself. You've got to decide to either live for yourself or live for God. He could have said you've got to choose between God and the flesh. But no. What was foremost in Jesus' mind, and in fact what he believed to be the greatest competitor to God, the greatest competitor to living a significant life, the greatest competitor to salvation was how you choose to live your life financially. Serving God or money. Secondly, in 1 Timothy, here's what it says. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. 
Some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. They have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That's a powerful passage. Did you read that? And and we all know, first of all, when, when Timothy says, the love of money is the root of all evil, he's not talking about money. He's, he's talking about your desire either to spend or to hoard, your desire to use a vanilla or a neutral thing, money. I like the word vanilla better, don't you? Because it, it leads to a great illustration. You can take vanilla ice cream and make it wonderful, can't you? You can dob chocolate syrup on it or caramel topping. Or you can mix in stuff. That's called a blizzard for those of you who are uneducated. You can mix in about anything you want at the Dairy Queen and go to heaven there. You, you can make vanilla whatever you want it to be, right? Amen? Amen. We need to go over that again because I like talking about it. You can make money. Do whatever you desire for it to do in your life. You can make it good or you can make it evil. You can use it for the glory of God. You can be gracious. You can be generous. You, you, you can be a good steward of what God has given you or it can literally, literally destroy your life. All of us know of people, if it's not ourselves, who have, have chosen to go the wrong way, who, who've chosen money and material things over God, who've, who've left God, if not from time to time, entirely out of our lives. You remember a f- couple of years ago when we had this really ingenious idea, we, had, uh, we borrowed a hearse from, from uh, Linneman's and we hooked a U-Haul to it and we set it out front for about a week. Anybody remember that? Made an impression on some of you. Why did we have that there? What was the point? You can't take it with you, right? And if you're pursuing things that aren't eternal, that you can't take with you, if your life is founded upon making sure you've got everything you want while you're here on this planet, there's going to come a time when you'll realize you've served the wrong master always amuses me. Maybe you've done this, and I think I probably did too. When a loved one dies, we, we decide that we'll put trinkets that were important to them in the casket. It's almost as if we forget that they're going someplace where something vitally different will be important in their life. You see, so many of us can't get our mind wrapped around the eternal. We can't get our heart fixed upon God. We can't get our wallets and our checkbooks in tune with God because we're focused completely on what happens today or tomorrow. And we never look past earthly things to heavenly things. And money then becomes the evil thing The things that money can buy then become the evil things that separate us from God. Doesn't matter if you're poor, you never have enough. Doesn't matter if you're wealthy, enough is not enough. 
we always keep pursuing what we believe will make us happy. And enough is never enough. So what kind of problem do we have here? Well, maybe some of you would say, you know what, I've got an income problem. I'm really good and I don't make enough for as good as I am, right? You ever said that? But it's not an income problem. When we determine to choose the world over God, money over God, we have a lifestyle problem. We prioritize the wrong things. And that lifestyle problem is really a deeply spiritual problem. You see, if you're in bondage to money, if, if you're in a place where you can't dig out, and where you can't do the things that you've always dreamed of doing, where you can't honor God with your finances, where you can't give God a tithe that belongs to Him, if you're in a place where you're in bondage to your money, At some point in time, you made a decision to serve the wrong master. It's a spiritual problem. So how would God have you to look at your money? If you were to listen to him, he would say to you this. Here's my perspective. Money can serve you. Money can serve you as you serve him. Seems like there's not much difference sometimes between things that have us over against things that we have. And unfortunately, many of us allow things to get us, to shape us, instead of being in charge of the things that we have. Is that true of you? Does your money, how much you have or don't have, your debt, your investments, do they define you? Do you think good about yourself when there's money in the bank and bad about yourself when there's not? Do you think good about yourself when you're able to buy something that you've really wanted and bad about yourself when you have to walk away? You see, if those kind of things define you, then your heart's not in tune with God. It's nowhere near in tune with God. If your joy, your happiness, your peace is tied to the things of this world, then you're ignoring the voice of God in your life. Now I understand the the reality of our situations. I've laid in bed at night and worried about money. I've I've tried to figure out what I'm going to borrow here to pay this, to pay that. You know, have you ever had, like, use your visa to pay off your MasterCard? I mean, I understand that we get ourselves in a situation at times where we can't get that struggle off our heart and mind. But here's what I'm talking about. Here's the bottom line. What's really most important in your life? Where do you invest your treasure? Is God 
Is he the epicenter of your existence? Or is he just somebody that you'll listen to from time to time? You give him whatever's left over? Until he becomes more important than everything else in your life, you're going to have all sorts of problems. You're going to have spiritual problems, emotional problems, and financial problems. So here's what I'm going to ask you today. How much is enough? How much are you going to take? How much further in debt are you going to go? How much happier are you going to be with and secure you're going to be with hoarding? How much is enough? And with everything else other than God in this world, nothing's ever enough, is it? Amen? That's good preaching. Say amen. Amen. Nothing else is ever enough. God built you that way. He wired you that way. You win the lottery... You'll be playing again to win more. It's not enough. I'd like you to tithe on that if you do, though, by the way. But nothing else is enough. Because God has fit you for relationship with Him. And until you know for sure that He's your Savior and Lord, till you know for sure about the debt that he paid for you till you've said yes Jesus my life is yours thank you for what you did for me on the cross until you say yes Jesus I'm going to think about the eternal I'm going to know where I'm headed I'm going to know that I'm going to live with you forever until that becomes priority in your life you're not going to sleep well you're not going to live well And you're going to be empty and broken, frightened and worried about what comes next. Who will you serve? God or the things of this world? Money. Junk. That won't go to heaven with you. Who will you serve? Pray with me. Father, I thank you this morning that you've given us not a great area kind of choice, but black and white. One path that leads to heaven, the other path that leads to destruction. I thank you this morning that that you have offered us encouragement to choose wisely that your spirit is in this place. It's, it's invaded this place. And, and there's conviction. There's burdens. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. And Father, I pray that you will lead those who need to come to your altar. I pray that you'll do what only you can do, which is to bring significant life change. You'll save those who are lost. You'll forgive those 
who've fallen. You'll offer hope and peace to those who are empty. That right here, right now, God, you'll call us into your kingdom and a new life. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand. And as you stand, I want you to think about what God is asking you to do. Maybe a decision as you stand there and sing. Maybe to decide that you're going to begin with your finances and with your life to live for Him. Maybe you come to this altar do business with God publicly. Maybe to share in communion. Remember what really matters and how much you're loved and how Jesus died for you. But be obedient, my friends, because there's one thing and one thing only that really matters. That's where you stand in relationship with God. Come and